Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me today a dear friend, a dear human. About, I don't know, five, six years ago, a mutual friend of ours, you've heard me talk about her on this podcast before, my dear friend Nicole, said, you got to meet this person, you got to meet this human. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I did. And the thing about this human being, I knew immediately when I met her that she was driven, a go-getter, smart as hell, and had a big heart. All at the same time, I knew that. And then I went on to take some classes from her, which we're going to talk about in just a few moments. But first, without much further ado, Shannon, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Nick, I'm like going to cry. That was so amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, I really do mean it. You're savvy. That's like the best word that I could think of to describe you is that you're savvy and smart and you're just like this force. And whenever I'm in your presence, I always come out better after. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, you know, I think we all have a bit of imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. So it's it's so it's so kind of you to say that. And I just I love to be of service. So I'm glad that I have been to you in some way. Yeah. Okay. So first, why don't you tell everyone what it is you do, who you serve? Yeah. Those beautiful questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I actually started out as uh, an actor, believe it or not. And from there, I discovered uh, becoming a commercial spokesperson. I was the spokesperson for Sunsweet Raisins. And then I was like, I love talking to camera. I just think that this is so fun. So I started doing more hosting. And then I started to teach hosting. And then kind of the natural evolution of teaching people to be on camera was media training, right? And then I started working with, you know, brands and businesses and executives, how to be, to fully show up in front of others, whether that be in front of a live audience or in front of a camera. Camera's kind of my sweet spot, but every scenario, podcast, you know, audio only, how to fully show up. And that's technique, that's mindset, that's breathing, that's a bunch of different things. But, you know, I, I really love what I do. And it's been really cool to see how it's evolved over time. I want to go back into some of that. Yeah. So you, you're an actor, you're doing this acting work, and you get this gig. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, this is interesting. What about it was so different that made you go, oh, I actually think this is more for me. So I was actually, so I did, you know, it's just, it's, I've lived in LA since I was 21, you know, doing the grind of going to auditions and, you know, making very little headway. I got a recurring on Bold and the Beautiful, which was a big deal at the time. And then I I did the first scripted TV show on TLC. Uh, It was a medical drama and I played Dr. Lila Bennett. I was a radiologist and I actually had the first love scene, scripted love scene in TLC history. Oh my gosh, I love that. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, this is, and a, like, this, is a, this is a moment I didn't know oh, about. Oh yeah, and instead of it being a closed set, because they did like a European version, which is I was a little bit more scantily clad for, and then a, a US version where I kept on more clothes, they invited like all of the network execs because they'd never had a scripted love scene. I was like, this is like the opposite of what I expected. I thought it would be much more of a, a closed set situation. But anyway, um, right after the first season, the writer strike happened. And they didn't renew it for a second season. And my friend who was a commercial director was like, you should do commercials. And I was like, 
well, I got to do something. I did have a day job at that point. I was relying on being an actor. So I went to the audition for Sunsweet Raisins and I was supposed to just eat some raisins and say if they were good or not, like a testimonial. And uh, I got there and they were like, you know, you kind of look like what we're looking for for the spokesperson. Could you look at these lines? And I was terrified. And I actually had, I had some alcohol in the trunk of my car at the time. And I went out with the script and I opened my trunk and I took a chug. I think it was wine. And I went back in and I landed the job. Wow. And I did all the radio spots and I got to tour around the country going to like uh, farmer's markets. And I did, I did the commercial and it was really cool. And I was like, I don't have to do any backstory. I don't have to do any substitution. I just have to read these lines and be me. This is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Okay, but that's the interesting part right there, is that you knew yourself well enough to just be you on camera. Because so many people struggle, particularly actors, going from playing a character to being comfortable being you. What in you was like, oh, I can just be me? Well, they didn't tell me anything else to be. They were like, we're looking for someone like you to, to be the spokesperson. And, and they didn't tell me we want her to be these things. They just, so I didn't have any other direction. So I was like, I'll just, I'll do what I, I'll do what, like, I, like if I was talking. So you played the character of yourself is what Correct. you're saying. Which is what you get to do with hosting. I mean, yeah, it's like different versions of yourself, but it's all yourself. And I was like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. But for most people, there's this mindset thing of, am I enough? Speaking of imposter syndrome oh, yeah. or, you know is who I am enough, basically. How important is mindset in the work that you do with people now? And did it play into a factor then? Yeah, it's it's a great question. It's everything. It's everything. And I, I think the reason why I am good at, one of the reasons why I'm good at teaching this work is because I had to go to the trunk of my car and get alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right? Is because I had all that stuff come up that I didn't know what to do with in the time. So I had to quiet it. Right. You know, a couple of auditions later, I was like, I can't continue this way. Yeah. You'd be not, not be in a good place if you were, you know, drinking before oh, every yeah. audition. Oh, yeah. I, and, and I, and I honestly, I drank the, I drank the morning I had the love scene for TLC. Wow. Because I didn't know how to place what was happening. And I was like, well, I, this isn't healthy. And so I had to start to create some tools and I had to go and and take classes and research and do yoga and breathing and, and figure out a way that I could have a nervousness technique so that I could show up fully. And I think because I'm an introvert working as an extrovert, I really understand people who are going through that, right. And don't want to have to keep a bottle in the trunk of their car. Yeah. So that's a big part of what I do is like, how, how can you fully show up and feel confident and comfortable and feel like yourself authentically. Like we have to empower you to do that. You mentioned like yoga and meditation and, you know, how do you use those spiritual tools then when you're working with clients in, on their professional path? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I always tell everybody, you know, we're all our own little unique lock. We're going to try some keys to see how we unlock you. Because for some people, I teach them diaphragmatic breathing or 448 breathing, something like that. And it's transformative. And like all their nervousness goes away because they're just working on their nervous system. 
and it really works. Other people, they have to do mantras to themselves. They have to say things like, I am nervous, but how often in this life have I gotten to feel this alive? Mm. How many people get to feel this alive in their life? Like what an awesome opportunity to get to show up. What an awesome opportunity to get to be of service to 900 people like you did last weekend when you got to be, you know, a speaker at that event. Like, you know, how often do we get, like what a gift, right? And if you can start to to talk to yourself in that way, sometimes that really unlocks the, that's the key that unlocks everything for people. So it's it's just kind of figuring out sometimes like people need to get in the space early and just walk around, right? In order to kind of get their muscle memory of, okay, like I can do this. I've I've been in this space, I've rehearsed it. Like sometimes that's really powerful for people. So it's it's just kind of figuring out what is the key. Yeah, it's like a toolbox. Totally. You've got this box of tools and you're sharing your tools with people, and then they take them and try them on. And figure out what tool. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I have found that different tools work at different times. So for me to have a box of tools is really important because some days, yes, the diaphragmatic breathing totally works. And then in a different situation, in a different day, it's not working for me. And so I need I need multiple touch points or multiple ways of sort of managing in many ways the nervous system, because that is what we're talking about ultimately. Truly. Absolutely. We're, we're multifaceted beings. You know, I think that even if it's placebo, saying to yourself, I know that when I get nervous, this happens, right? Because like a lot of people, when they get nervous, they they really turn inward. A lot of people, mm. they get nervous, they they start to talk fast and they sweat and, and, and they've got all this like crazy energy. Having worked with me, you know I'm B. Yes. Well, I am too. A lot of my, like, especially my doctors, they're trained when the stakes are up, especially if they work in ICU or in the ER. When everything goes up, they get really calm. They're used to having that calm by bedside manner. So it, that's just information. I'm like, okay, what is your baseline when the stakes are up? And like, let's work from there. So even saying, okay, I know that when I get really nervous, I get a little manic. Okay, I know that I'm going to use that four for eight breathing technique. I know in combination with that, I'm going to talk to myself about, you know, being of service. Like these are just tools that when you do them and after you complete them, you feel more prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And I do think prep is a big part of this because while you don't have a script in the traditional sense that you're memorizing as an actor with lines, sometimes it's just going on camera and talking like we're or like we're doing right now, or going on a podcast and talking like we're doing right now. But sometimes it is you're given, particularly as a host with people, you're given material to read, which was very interesting for me when, spoiler alert, I took Shannon's on camera class, yeah, which was amazing, by the way. Thank you. It really was, and it was truly a shift for me and it really you really set me up with lots of performance tools so that I could feel more comfortable on a live so that I could do a reel so I could be myself yeah in the situation because I was so used to like you being an actor that it was like whoa I, I don't know how to do this as me right I don't know what this is but you did hand me copy and for me that was harder it was harder for me to put myself into the copy 
And I don't know if that was because it just wasn't something that I was natural at, but do you find that people maybe are better at one or the other, or they have a default of one or the other? Most people are better at one than the other. I think that's very natural. So I always say it's kind of banter and scripted. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is in my world, right? So with, which basically means like maybe you've got some bullet points and you're just going to make it work versus I am going to read this script that I wrote word for word, right? And people are usually much more comfortable with one or the other, 100%. Yeah, I have to tell you, even for this podcast on the solo episodes, I've tried both techniques. I've tried the banter technique where I just outline a few things and then I've tried scripting it completely where I basically read it. And what I've realized over time is that I like the structure, but I have to be able to just let go. You do. You do. I have to improv it. And I, and I think that is a really great point for, for my podcast people, for my public speakers. It is so much more freeing to give yourself bullet points. I, I always say, okay, we want you to be comfortable. Script your intro, script your close. And then give yourself bullet points, which which become a roadmap to get you from A to Z. Because then you're leaving it up to real time to find those magical moments, to insert humor, to have anecdotes. And we can feel that. We can feel that life and that authenticity and that, you know, jumping without a net. I always say it's called public speaking, not public reading Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Right? We don't want to get, we don't want to watch you stand up there or, you know, be in front of a microphone and read. That's why we watch actors. We want to see people jumping without a net. We want to feel like we're experiencing real life happening in real time. Yeah. You mentioned that this weekend I had that speaking gig for like 900 people. Well, I had, I knew my, I knew my opening. Yeah. As you said. I knew my closer. I had those memorized so that I knew that I would begin strong, end strong. And I, you know, I had the journey mapped out. So I had slides that, you know, and so I had the journey. I had these touch points, but then it was just like, tell the story, do the transition, tell the story, do the transition, tell the story. And I think that prep work is so, thank you. (laughs) It's because of you. That prep work is so important that having that prep complete so that you can be in the moment because otherwise you can just ramble off into nowhere land if you haven't done the prep work and I think that's really important yeah and that's I mean honestly that's another lock talking about that toolbox right some people really need to be prepared and every time they feel more prepared they feel more prepared it alleviates that nervousness it's really important for a lot of people yeah it's practice yeah I mean, it truly is just practicing. I mean, I think back to when I came to you five, six years ago, just going on the camera was sort of weird for me. You know, it was awkward and I had a lot of nervous energy. I think I'm fairly natural, but I have a lot of nervous energy. And so I'd be like too big or too weird or whatever. And I was like over, almost overcompensating because of that, going back to that feeling of not enoughness. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Of just being. It's a weird thing to talk into a machine that is immortalizing every moment mm. and to not feel self-conscious in that space. But the more you do it, the less self-conscious you get. Uh, yes and no. no. I'm, so I'm going to say no. Yes and no. I'm going to say no. Oh, good. I want to hear this. Because 
you, you know what they you know they say like practice makes perfect yeah i don't agree with that i don't either go ahead i don't either oh. because i think perfect practice makes perfect oh explain this is good if you are on camera and your consciousness is split and half of you is talking into camera and half of you is over here evaluating how it's going being critical. Did that just sound weird? Was that right? Did I go too fast? Like that split consciousness of this other voice judging the whole experience. And this is how you are on camera all the time. You were always going to be bad. I don't care if you do it for 10 years, you're still going to be bad. Mm. Until you practice telling that voice, and I wish it was simpler, but you just have to say, I, nope, thank you. I don't need you right now. Nope, we're going to evaluate it once it's done. Nope. I, I, I know you're trying to be helpful, but this isn't helpful because unless a hundred percent of your energy is going into the lens. And I was just saying like, I'm a channel and being of service. So if my consciousness is split, then I cannot truly be a channel and be of service. So psh, 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 you up there, psh, I'll talk to you later. Cause it's trying to be the director and the producer and the art department yeah. and everything. Yeah. And you just need to be talent. You just need to be that vessel. I had to learn that a bit. And I think that's why for me, the practice, it was perfect practice. I just didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Yeah. Because two documentaries that I was personal docs, that I had a camera following me for hours, I had to learn to let go. Yeah. And I couldn't be the director and the producer and be in it at the same time. And I had to let go of some of that. And at first, I have to say, it was very difficult because, I, yes, I was directing them. So I was, in my mind, directing me, directing in the scene and being the, you know what I'm saying? And then over time. Exhausting. I was exhausting. And then over time, I had to let go. Yeah. You were probably also just exhausted. just be on camera. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But the more I could let go and just be, as you say, in service and be present to what was actually happening, no matter what I said. Yeah what I did, what happened, the more real it became and the better actually the quality of what I was putting out there was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he or she is of service. Like there is a point to that voice. It's kept us alive. Right. I called my, mine has a name. Her name yeah. is Agnes. Cause she has to be something kind of annoying. Right. Cause she's kind of bad. Right. Yeah. But she tells me, you know, not to cross the street when there's oncoming traffic, but she also tries to like get involved in yeah. times when she, and I just say, thank you, Agnes, not now. I wish I could say yeah. that she's completely gone away whenever I'm camera, she's completely gone away, but she's not. I just have after years and years of doing it, she knows, and she's a lot quieter. Every once in a while, does she try to chime in? Yes, she does. But I go, Psh. and so my muscle with doing that has gotten stronger and she kind of knows her place, but Agnes likes to get involved. She just does. Speaking on the stage this weekend, I was standing behind the curtain, right? And you know, you're backstage and there's the TV monitors and all the stuff and the action that's happening and the, you know, and the, the, the host is up there on the stage and, you know, and I could hear the roar of 900, it was 950 people. I could hear that like energetic roar and I'm standing back there and all of a sudden my stomach flipped. Because even though I've been on a gazillion stages, even though now I've done a gazillion podcast episodes and talked on camera and, and, you know, there's still that little part of me that was like, whoa, you're human. But it was like, yeah, yeah. it's human experience. It, it's going to yeah. come with me, but it's not so 
almost paralyzing in the way that it, that it had been in the past. And I think that's what I really want people to, to know is that's the, what the practice does is that you get used to being able to say, hey, Agnes, I see you. Yeah. Cool. Yep. You're still here. It's cool. Let's use this yeah. as fuel rather than taking away. Appreciate you trying to help. I'm going to go and be a channel yeah. for God or universe or whatever, and I'll see you when I'm done. Yeah. Because she doesn't help. She actually hurts that channel. Yeah. And I, I that that really helps a lot of people. And I used to do, um, I mean, I still do QVC, HSN, but I used to get really nervous because they kind of, when you're in studio, I mean, it moves so fast. If you've seen it, you know, like they just wipe the stage and put up a new product and they push it out there. And it's just, it's absolutely insane. And, you know, my first couple of times doing it, I was just a nervous wreck. But then I would do that. I would do like, I'm a huge fan of 448 breathing. And I would do that lower belly, deep diaphragmatic breathing. And I would breathe in for four and hold for four. And I would breathe out for eight. And I would breathe out for 10. And I would, I would breathe out for as long as I humanly could. And I could feel my heart going back into my chest every time I kept that exhalation longer than my inhalation. I mean, it's kind of magical. And I would say to myself, Shannon, how often do you get to feel this alive? Yeah. Like how, like every single like neuron and everything in my entire body is on right now. Like I am on right now. The adrenaline is pumping. Like how often do you get to feel this alive? And if you could just redirect that a little bit and then Agnes comes in, are we going to die up there? Are we going to forget how to talk? No, Agnes, we're good. We're going to channel. We're going to try to make people's lives better by telling them about this amazing product or experience. And we get to feel this alive. Mm, I love that reframe. That's a really good reframe. Truly. So uh, let me ask you this. Are nerves what you most see people have to overcome? Or is there some other energetic obstacle that you had to overcome or that you see others have to overcome? I would say nervousness is a specialty of mine. Yeah. Just because of those those early years and the drinking out of the trunk of my car. And I, you know, I think I, I can't believe I'm telling you that, but nervousness is, is definitely. You know, I, just a few hundred thousand people will hear it now. Yeah, no, I mean, it's true. And yeah, authentic. But I think it's very relatable, Shannon. And thank you for sharing that because you're not the first, you're not the first to do that no. and you won't be the last. I needed a tool in the moment that was immediate, but I, yeah. I also, you know, said self, we can't continue this. We have to come up with a healthier tool and, yeah. you know, really crashed and burned in my, in my early twenties until I got a handle on my nerves and, and I bombed in front of some really important people, but it, it you know, some of those people are now my best friend. I remember, I don't think, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but uh, Tim Kessler, who was a big hosting agent at the time, I auditioned for him and I, and I forgot how to talk. Like I couldn't even speak. And obviously he didn't sign me, but, you know, now he's a big talent manager. He's moved into management and he sends me all these people that he represents to train them. So, you know, it's kind of comes full circle. And sometimes you feel like, oh my God, I just ruined my life in this moment. Mm. And it ends up being a really beautiful part of your journey. So yes, I, I long way of saying, I feel like nervousness is really my specialty. I think beyond that, it's how can we make you your most authentic self? I do not want to change you. You know, so many people will come to me like, 
you know, I, I feel like I need to get rid of my accent or I say, I'm too much or I'm too overweight or, you know, just fill in the blank. And, and I'm just like, no, let's, let's embrace it. If you get really nervous in front of people, call out the elephant in front of the, in the room and say, Hey, yeah. I'm doing this speech. I'm absolutely terrified. So bear with me. Cause I just really want to be with all of you and to share this, but I'm totally, I'm a nervous wreck. Based on what you told me about breath, you're going to love this. Okay. That the first, the first speaking gig that I did, I was so nervous. I got out there, I stepped out and I, and I was like, I could tell that my energy was super high and I needed a huge breath. Yeah. So I turned to the audience and I said, will you all do a big, deep breath with me right now? Because I'm incredibly nervous and I need to take a huge breath. Yay. I love that so much. Because you created space for yourself, you created relationship with the audience, you allowed it to be okay that you were having your feelings, and you probably made those people love you because they you're willing it. to be private in a public situation. They absolutely loved it. And they all took one with me and that we did wow. it. And I was like, oh, we need two more. It's threes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're on board and they understand yeah. what it's like and it's human. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah. So you were an actor, you began, you shifted, you now work with clients. What are some ways in which people can come and work with you? Uh, well, if you're in the greater Los Angeles area, I do coach in person now that, you know, COVID is somewhat behind us. Virtual, I coach people all over the world. I've got people in Iceland and Australia and all kinds of fun places. Uh, and then I will also like travel if it's a shoot or if it's a convention or something like that. Um, I really do love in person. You know, during the pandemic, we've had to kind of figure out Zoom. So I can do, I can even teach teleprompter on Zoom. Like there's a lot of things you can do, but in person is kind of my sweet spot. So whether they're shooting a video or if they have to give a speech, like if they're working on their social media, Anything where they need to kind of be yourself in front of others in, a, in an authentic way, that's kind of what I do. In the non-scripted space, like not acting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I do. I, I don't think my audience, for the most part, are actors. Maybe there's one or okay. two out there, but most part, y'all out there, you can tell me otherwise. You can definitely DM me because I know you will if I'm saying that I'm saying it wrong. But yeah, I think that. So many of you out there could benefit from working with Shannon. She's my coach for this. I put a big stamp of approval and because I really just truly thank you for what you what you gave me. Oh, my goodness. You're one of my favorite people ever. So I oh. just I love I love that I gave you anything. Oh, are you willing to play the fast three? I, I don't know what that is, but yes, I'm willing. OK, I'm going to ask you couple questions and you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. First question is, who would you like to collaborate with that you have not yet? Oh my goodness. You. Oh. Well, we sort of are right now, but yes, we need to in a bigger way. I mean, that could be really great. Oh yeah. Like a like a keynote with some workshops or like a, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't I know I can see this. I can definitely see this. Like I'm working on the story with them and then we take, then you do the performance skills and we yeah. like, you know, I can definitely see this energy happening. Love it. Out of doubt. Yes. 
Okay. I like that. That's a really, that's a really good answer. Second question. What is your next great manifestation? I really want to see programming that is in the space of making the world better in terms of climate, treating animals better, recycling. I really, I have a lot of clients, like I have a climate change scientist that worked for NASA. I have a lot of people coming into my space right now that want to help the world. And I really want to be a part of that change. Woo, I got goosebumps because so do I. Yeah. So that's really, that's some really good I, stuff. I've been praying and meditating on ways that I can help this planet. And, you know, I'm a media trainer, right? So it feels like, yeah. you know, beyond donating, what can I really do? And, you know, the universe, God, whoever, whatever you want to call it, has really been bringing me people who are in that space. And I really want to help get them that megaphone, get that change in the world. Yeah, I mean, for me, that is the spiritual path, right? That is that sort of trajectory of how can I serve in the world is really setting people up so they can tell their story, so they can share their story, so that it can be seen, so that people can, you know, these people, these change makers of the world can make the difference that we so desperately need. So I really, I, I'm with you on that. Big time. There's so many years, you know, because I've done a fair amount of, you know, representing clients and pitching clients in the space of like reality TV programming. And for so long, nobody wanted any green shows because they said people don't want to be hit over the head with how to mm -hmm. live their lives. But I mean, I how can we argue that the planet is getting warmer? So I feel like, you know, I feel like that's starting to shift and people are starting to be open to seeing more programming to help them, you know, what are little implementable things that I can do in my life? What are the changes that are actually occurring? I think people are more open to that programming. So I want to help get it out there. Yeah. And I also think business is now realizing its importance. Yeah. That that's part of it too, is it's always follow the money. And when, at least in my world, I'm seeing more and more conscious business owners, more and more conscious entrepreneurs, people that are wanting to make a change in the world beyond just the financial aspect of it. Yeah. And that's who I want to hang out with. Totally. Totally. There's so many more companies now that are like, okay, how, you know, what's the, what's the profit margin? How does this impact the planet? Yeah. You know, how are we going to be hurting the planet and how can we help the planet and factoring that all in? And that's, that's new. And it's, it's, it's so crucial. I mean, even in my own investing, I went to my my planner. I was like, I need to know what all of these companies are. Who are they? Who are they connected to? I want to know where that money is coming from, where it's going to. It's not 1985. No, it is not. It is not. And I think I think you put it beautifully. I think that is part of the evolution of our species is to be yeah. more conscious and and how we impact this amazing place that we live. Yeah. For now and for the future generation. You have two kids. Yeah. You know, for that future. I mean, I don't have children. I have brain children, but <laughs> I have nieces and nephews and friends' kids and goddaughters from our friend Nicole, you know? So it's important to the, for the legacy, for the sustainability of this world. Yeah. 
And I do believe we can be entertained and learn how to help the planet all at the same time. Absolutely. I, you know, I've been talking about this as edutainment for quite some time that I really am, you know, that's where I'm leaning towards. So more and more on a daily basis. So I appreciate that you are too. More to come there. There's a collaboration that we're talking about. I know, more synergy. More synergy. Okay, final question. It's a fill in the blank. Oh, okay. I am. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I thoughtful is what came to mind, but that's yeah, I love funny. it. That's what it is. It's the first thing that comes to your mind. So it's I am thoughtful. It's like it's a bit very much like cafe gratitude. You know, this cafe here in LA where they where they they the I am is menu items are from I am, right? I am flourishing or I am this. It's like, what, where are you at today in this moment right now? Yeah. Right now, today, in this moment, you're thoughtful. I guess so. I mean, it feels like we've had a very thoughtful conversation. So maybe that's why that came up. It's like, how do you boil yourself down to one word? But yeah, I, I, I think I aspire to be really thoughtful. Like I really want to be, I want to be aware. I want to be conscious. I want to be considerate. I want to be thoughtful. You know, we, we all falter from time to time, but yeah. I think you're, I think you're already thoughtful. I think everybody who listens to this podcast would agree this episode that you are quite thoughtful. So thank you for sharing today. Is there anything that for you would make this conversation feel complete or whole or needs to be said that we didn't say? No, I mean, you know, I think that for a long time, I felt like I needed to be a buttoned up media trainer and keep things very uh, professional, you know, because that's that's how my parents were, you know, they're, you know, mm-hmm. 50s kind of this is and we don't talk about who we stuff and we don't get spiritual and no one will respect you if you, you know, aren't just professional. And I think as I'm getting older, I'm really, I'm embracing that what makes me a great media trainer is my ability to read people, is my ability to have these more thoughtful, spiritual conversations and weave it into what makes people a good presenter. So yeah, I think that's been part of my own evolution. I think that's a generational thing. Yeah. Even for our generation, I'm a tad bit older than you, but even for our generation, we're kind of in the same generation. Yeah. It was be more professional. This is what we were taught. Everything needs to be perfect before you go on camera. And then now this younger generation past us is like, who cares? And there's this sweet spot, I think, that we're finding now of authenticity being fully you, but the best you, you know, the best version of you. I don't need to hear on camera all of your trouble all day long. Right. There's definitely the real story, what I call the real story and the true story. We don't need to hear it all. But there's this beautiful space when you can be authentically you that people are going to just automatically be drawn to you. And I think that's what you do best is draw that out of people. Mm, thank you. That's that's what I want to do best. So. Well, there you go. I'm doing an okay job. Yeah. You are, indeed. You are so, so- interesting. And like... And so, I mean, obviously everybody's an individual, we're all little snowflakes, right? But like, yeah, that's, I just always want to honor what people are bringing to the table and get rid of anything distracting, you know, like Mm. I want to hear your message, but I, I, making people a cookie cutter presenter or on camera person, that is the antithesis of anything I'm interested in doing. Beautiful. Where can everyone find you? 
So I'm on Instagram at the Shannon O'Dowd, S-H-A-N-N-O-N-O-D-O-W-D. Uh, and my website is just shannonodowd.com. Thank you again. And I really do appreciate our friendship. And like I said before, all that you've given to me. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. You're welcome. Anytime. Come back. I'd love to. Okay, my friend. Be sure to DM Shannon your big takeaway from today. I know you had one. So be sure to DM her. Thank her for the episode. And leave us a review. Five stars. And yeah, five-star review. And your thoughts. It really does help us reach more and more people with the message. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next episode.